the late night anger management class. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabriel Morenci, the pimps, the players, the hustlers, the people that bust them, the degenerates, and everybody else in between throwing it down. Paul Bovey's going to step up and in. Covers.com repping. We kick it old school covers. Um, so Paul Bovey throws it down with us. We got a football game on the board tomorrow. And with all the craziness that's gone on with these teams in the NFC East, when you're like, yeah, yeah, there's no way in hell the New York Giants are winning in Seattle. And the New York Giants win in Seattle. It's like, come on, man. Washington aren't beating Pittsburgh. Although, I don't know, man. You know, we walked right into that trap earlier today with the Pittsburgh Steelers only being five-and-a-half-point favorites. You've got an 11-0 team with no major injuries. Well, they've lost bodies, but, you know, recent uh, major injuries. An 11-0 football team against a four-win Patsy. A four-win watch at the, the Lee Harvey Oswald special. Quarterback with one leg. And I don't know, man, the odds makers got it right again, didn't they? Uh, the, the odds makers get it right again. They didn't get it right with the Buffalo Bill game. And we told you last night on this program, all right, we said out of the Pittsburgh uh, the Pittsburgh side, the Pittsburgh total, the Buffalo side, and the, the, the total, that the best bet out of the four options today was the over of Buffalo and San Francisco. Total 47 and a half, they get to 58. Uh, clean, clean win. Clean win uh, with the uh, with the over. We talk about the Buffalo Bills offense. They put up 34 points against a very good defense. Yeah, a defense is missing some bodies, but also a defense that still terrorized people without those uh, bodies. A massive win for the Buffalo Bills, and now the Bills set up shop at home on Sunday Night Football against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I do believe you are what your record says you are. I give teams credit for uh, being uh, for their records being. Uh, what they are, and I buy more into a football team's record than I do into comments in a message board or I do tweets uh, online. So I dismissed a lot of the Pittsburgh Steeler criticisms. You know, all oh, the Steelers, look who they played, look at the quarterbacks that they played. They're really not all that good, even though they're 7-0. They suck, even though they're 8-0. They're, they're terrible, even though they're 9-0. It's the worst 10-0 team ever. Uh, they're the worst 11-0 team ever. I gotta tell you, like, the Steelers aren't as good as their record. Their offense, the Dink and Dunk stuff, every second pass gets batted down the line of scrimmage. Ben Roethlisberger can't throw the ball down the field. They have no rushing attack. They've got a lot of holes. Late night anger management class has begun. This is sports rage. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You're listening to Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. Yeah, Mo, that team sure did suck last night. They just plain sucked. I've seen teams suck before, but they were the suckiest bunch of sucks that ever sucked. Late night anger management class continues. I'm Renzi. 180 minutes triple threat uh, this evening as uh, Paul Bovey will step up and in in a couple of uh, minutes' time uh, from Los Angeles, California. Shout out to everybody tuning in in LA and San Diego uh, right now. Um, I'm seeing um, Super Bowl is trending uh, right now as we're now nine weeks. Uh, from the Super Bowl. And 
I got to admit, this is the thing with the National Football League. It'll frustrate you with its crappiness, but they always do enough to keep you wanting to come back for more, don't they? We've talked about it in the past. Roger Goodell could show up and punch you in the face, and you'd still watch NFL football for whatever reason. It has this, uh, this, you know, this hold on us all, whether it's good or bad. It's like that beer commercial when the two dudes sit down. Who's playing? And they're like, does it matter? It's like, ah, I guess not, really. <laughs> Although it is better when there's better teams uh, playing against each other. Uh, I'll say that. Um, so we'll talk about the Super Bowl uh, odds a little bit uh, here. Super Bowl is trending uh, right now. People, um, people have short memories. People are going to remember what they saw last all the time. So right now, the Buffalo Bills are a hot team. Uh, they're, they're a trendy team right now. And the Pittsburgh Steelers are not uh, because we just saw the Steelers lose uh, right now. But it is very interesting. And we fired off a poll question. It's been a couple of shows since we've had a poll question. Fired off a poll question. Who's the second best team? Who's the second best team in the, um, in the AFC right now? And I say this, of course, I say this, of course, uh, with the, the Kansas City Chiefs being the, the best team. All right? And even though the Pittsburgh Steelers, even though the Steelers um, had a better record coming into today than the Kansas City Chiefs, I don't think many people thought that the Pittsburgh Steelers were a better football team, right, uh, than the Kansas City Chiefs are. So I think our, our votes might be a little skewed right now because I asked people at Sports Rage, who's the second best team in the AFC, uh, Steelers, Bills, or Browns? And I'm going with records here, right? I'm going with records. The Browns are 9-3. and three. They deserve the credit for being 9-3. and three. Are the Browns better than the Colts? I don't know. You know what I mean? The Colts are 8-4, so let's give them the credit for being, yes, let's say they are <laughs> for right now. So, uh, you know, we got the Chiefs, obviously, being the best team in the AFC. So I'm surprised how skewed this is right now. The Bills are at 58%. Pittsburgh Steelers, 32.6%. Cleveland Browns not getting any love at 9.4%. I think the Cleveland Browns are a load to deal with. All right? I think the Browns are a load to deal with. So, as far as... We'll get to the Bills and the 49ers uh, breakdown, but um, as far as the Steelers are concerned, you know, the Steelers, they do... You know, you look at teams, it's all about peaking at the right time. All right? And I, I want to get into this with Paul Bovey. And uh, he should be uh, stepping up and in uh, any moment. Uh, we've had pretty smooth. Uh, we haven't had any problems with the phone lines. Let's hope that we don't tonight. The night, because we did a couple of weeks ago with Bobby, uh, is uh, um, so. Yeah, we're, we're going to get Bobby on. I think Bobby's just checking, you know, getting ready to uh, to dial in. I just don't want any problems with Mr. Bobby. I expect problems later with Kurtz. Right? <laughs> that that that's going to come. That's gonna, you know, that's part of the package with with Kurtz. But I was hoping for a smooth, uh, a smooth start. But Bobby will be joining us in a moment or two. It's all good. So, but as far as Pittsburgh is concerned, like I said, you want to be peaking at the right time, right? Is now the right time to be peaking? Yeah, sort of. It kind of is. You know what happened in September? Your problems? Oh, they can't stop the run. They can't do this. All that type of stuff. That doesn't matter anymore. Right? Like each week, you know, it's all that matters. Are you dialing things up? And you, you get the look, you watch football teams, and you can just feel it. You can tell, yeah, this, this team, this team's the real deal. Like this, this team's gonna, you know, this team's in the mix here. And 
You get that feeling about the Buffalo Bills because of the fact the Bills can move the ball down the field in chunks, all right? Josh Allen can drop back and just flick the wrist, and he throws it 32 yards with a flick of the wrist. The Bills have big play ability, all right? You know, you see, they just put up 34 points tonight. We talk about their offense, very consistent this year, all right? Uh, you know, so in past years, as all their offense isn't good enough, but their defense, man, and a lot of this stuff comes down to health for a lot of teams. And, you know, not having Milano in the lineup is massive for the Buffalo Bills, and having him in the lineup is massive for the Buffalo Bills. And you see the difference. A healthy Trey White, you see the difference. You see, the Bills' defense will make plays. Yeah, they'll give up some yards on the ground. You know, but you're noticing as the season goes on, the Buffalo Bills' defense, they're starting to make plays, turnovers, sacks, just big plays. And, you know, they're not going to hold you to 12 points or anything like that, uh, but they're going to make plays when they have to right now. And I like the way the Bills are developing their offense as the season goes on right now. You see Josh Allen's confidence is high. And then conversely, you look at the Pittsburgh Steelers and and I I don't know what's up. Uh, I don't know what's up uh, with, the, with the Steelers. I mean, you look at their offense and and there's just so much dinking and dunking. There's no downfield, like there's no big, large chunks. Everything is a struggle for them. And, you know, it's been this way, right? It's been this way for about a month now. Like everything is a struggle. First downs are a struggle. Ben Roethlisberger doesn't seem to have the arm strength to throw the football down the field anymore. So there's a lot of this sidearm stuff. There's a lot of this quick sideways sort of, you know, slant type stuff. And it's pretty clear that defenses are starting to figure it out. Number one, they're suffocating the Steelers, wide receivers. So the receivers get the ball, and boom, they get popped right away because the, the, the defense knows what's coming all the time now. And also, since Ben Roethlisberger's not throwing it deep down the field, there's a lot of passes that are being batted at the line of scrimmage. We saw the interception at the end of the game uh, was like that, right? And they don't have a ground game. You know, the, the Steelers can't really rush the ball effectively. Their defense is elite, but the offense is a problem. And yeah, defense wins championships, but you have to be able to score points. You have to be able to put points up on the board. So um, I, I'd have my concerns if I was the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, fortunately for the Steelers, even if you don't hang on to the first round bye, you're still going to have a home playoff game. Yet yeah, it makes everything diff you know, completely different. It changes the dynamic here. Now, listen, I never thought Pittsburgh were going to the Super Bowl to begin with. And it's not anything against Pittsburgh. It's just Kansas City are that hard to beat. And Buffalo are a dangerous football team. But, you know, can Buffalo win three football games and, you know, knock off these teams on the road? The Bills are going to have one home game. Listen, the Bills have made the playoffs in two of the last three years, right? And... They've lost both times uh, in the wild card game on the road. And they always said, oh, wait till we get a home game. And that's what it's about. And of course, you know, now they've taken away the two teams getting a bye right now. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. There's still some football left to be played. You look at the Buffalo Bills schedule, and now, now they're nine and three. You know, they've got, uh, they got the Steelers, they've got the Broncos, they've got the Patriots, and they've got the Dolphins. Even if you're being sort of negative about the Bills and you say, well, they'll go two and two, that's still an 11 and five season. 
And I don't think they'll go two and two. They'll probably go three and one. And, you know, a three and one results in a 12 and four season, which is pretty damn good. It's just too bad for them. They're in the same world, unfortunately. They're in the same league as Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. But the Chiefs aren't invincible. They're better than everybody. You know, they're deeper than everybody. They're seemingly well coached and better coached than everybody. They are a load to deal with. They're the best team in football. But are they impossible to beat? I don't think so. You know, I don't like if there's there's always a possibility, right? Look, man, you, we've seen teams have had big leads on Kansas City in the playoffs. San Francisco had a 10-point lead with 10 minutes left in the Super Bowl. Houston had a 24-point lead on them, right? Like, we've seen teams with big leads on KC, but Mahomes just has that it factor that, you know, it's almost impossible to, um, it's almost impossible to overcome. We'll break it down. Paul Bowlby will join us on the other side. George Kurtz a little bit later on. Late-night anger management class will crunch the numbers. Wild week 13 when it was all said and done. We still have one game left. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Rage it up. Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. Rage all you want. Hey, wait a second. What are you doing? You're not betting. You know he's not supposed to bet. Come on, Jerry. It's a lock. Kramer, you've had this thing under control for almost three years now. Don't start again. But it's a lock. No. Nah. Late night anger management class continues. I'm Arenzi. Throwing it down. There's Paul Bovey in the house. I can hear him. What's going on, Paul? How you doing? Yeah, good. But what do you guys use a magic jack over there? What's the what's the deal with the phones? <laughs> I don't know. What's the deal? What's the deal with the uh, the sound coming in here? I always tell you, turn down, turn down. I know you like to listen to the show, Paul, but turn it down. The magic jack, yeah, that that's a fair that's a fair assessment. But the noise coming in is on you. <laughs> what the noise? The noise is on you. The phone, our phones. Uh, that that's that's an argument for another night, Paul. All right, all right. First of all, Gabe, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna put hold your feet to the fire here because you got one thing wrong on this Redskin game. The odds makers got it completely wrong. The first number they posted on this game was nine. My eyes got big. I sent you the ticket. It's all they would give me on the game because the game did not belong at nine. It belonged exactly where it closed or thereabouts at around six and a half, six. Because we all knew the Steelers were a fraud. And I, I have been pounding this on the show for weeks. They've played quarterbacks like Jake Luton and Jeff Driscoll and RG3 and a number of others, Garrett Gilbert. And they just skated by. They've been lucky. They can't run the ball. They can't. Uh, their secondary is, is weak. Uh, you, what, uh, what wasn't mentioned is that the Redskins, despite losing their best offensive player tonight in Antonio Gibson, who, by the way, I had on a rushing prop, as I did yesterday, Frank Gore, he went out in the second series. And, you know, it took him a while. It was a period of adjustment. 
but they win the game and the Steelers are undefeated no more. You know what? I agree with everything you stated that, you know, Paul, I think we're at the time of the year now that I'm retiring from props. Uh, retiring from props, I think. Um, you know, a few maybe team props I can live with, um, sacks, punts, stuff like that. But as far as specific player props are concerned, dude, I'm just getting tired of it as well. I also had Gibson today. Gibson reception prop, whenever he gets hurt. Last night, I have Tyreek Hill to score a touchdown. He scores two touchdowns. Neither of them count. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Yeah, that was it, gets, it gets old. But it's every game, Paul. Like, pretty much, if I play three players or two players, one of them will get hurt. Like, like if, you're, if you're an NFL player, I've said it before. If you're an NFL player, the last thing you want to see is me playing your props. Except I did, I hit Cole Beasley tonight. So, you know what, a broken clock is right twice a day. We hit the Cole Beasley uh, prop. Um, so, you know, but the player props are starting to frustrate me a little bit. Me and Cam talked about this. I'm going to start just stick, sticking to the sides and totals more. I got a little a bit too prop happy. Because to be honest with you, you know, I'm picking a lot of winners. And then at the end of the night, it's like, man, yeah, but this guy didn't score a touchdown. And he didn't get to four catches. And he didn't score a touchdown. And they all add up. Even if I'm putting less on the props, you know it. You're a prop player. The props, props can be a bitch if they're not going your way, Paul, as you know. Yeah, and yesterday, look, Frank Gore over 59 and a half yards. Given what the Jets did against the Raider defense, they violated them for over 200 yards on the ground. I mean, let's face it, it is a layup. But unfortunately, he sustains, I believe, a concussion or an injury on his first carry, does not come back in. So, yeah, props can be uh, an exercise in frustration. Sometimes you, you've got the right side and you just don't get the uh, right result. Now, on these touchdown props, I think they're more random than anything else. So I, unless I'm getting big odds on a player and I'm getting yeah. paid for my risk, I, I'm, I'm staying away. You know, sometimes the best bet is a bet not made. And, you know, I'm looking at, oh, Mostert's going to score a touchdown. Mostert's going to score a touchdown. It's like, dude, it's plus 100. And they've got a million running backs. And you don't know what the hell Shanahan's going to do. And it's the same thing exactly. with the Buffalo Bills with their touchdowns. They're very, they really spread the ball around, bro, when they get into, like, inside the five. They're not predictable, like Buffalo. And it's good and bad. Sometimes it'll backfire on them. but. You know, like, look, Gabriel Davis scores the touchdown. McKenzie scores the touchdown. Knox scores the touchdown. Beasley won touchdown. You know, the favorite on the, on the touchdown score prop tonight was Stephon Diggs, right? And he doesn't score one, right? Josh Allen doesn't score one. The running backs don't score one. Yet Josh Allen throws for four touchdown passes. Man, the NFL could be weird, man. Real weird. And how about the NFC East now, right now? So were you on the Giants plus the points yesterday, too? No, Gabe, but remember, on the show, I have repeatedly been pounding in <laughs> that the Giants have lost at least five games prior to this week that on the strength of one play could have flipped, and several games, including the, uh, the Rams, went down to the last play as well as the Bears. They could have easily beaten the Steelers in, in the first game if Danny Dimes doesn't turn the ball over late in the third quarter. They lose that game by 10. I just think the Giants all along had a very respectable football team, 
and now everybody else is coming out of the closet and anointing uh, respectability towards the Giants, which which I've been saying for a long time. And it's not only because I'm a Giant fan. I mean, I'm, I just have a good read on the team. And you always felt as though they were one play away. Look, you go back to that Eagle game, twenty. what was it, 22-21. Evan Ingram drops that pass late. Danny Dimes couldn't have put it in his hands any better than that. And, you know, that was the clincher right there. So the Giants are right coming around. Uh, they'll probably win the division. I think it'll be com- contentious between them, Washington, and I think Dallas could give uh, the Ravens a fight tomorrow night, although the Ravens will probably get the best of it in the end. Um, you know what? It's funny, Paul. That's the thing with this football game. As bad as Dallas is, after watching the Giants <laughs> the Giants do this and Washington do this, and what do you make of it, Paul? Because I said this earlier, but... It's not a surprise. You look at these football games, and pretty much every one that's been rescheduled, played at a different time, played earlier in the day, it's been a lower-scoring, underdog-laden football game. You know, like, even the good teams get lulled in. Look at last week with Baltimore. Baltimore was the one with all the COVID stuff, but Pittsburgh played like crap, too. They're not used to playing football on Wednesday afternoon or whatever the hell it was, right? Like, these teams... They, I don't know, like, it's amazing when you take a team out of the routine, out of the normal, how they just can't get it going, Paul, right? They just can't get it going. Yeah, well, it's it's definitely been a different year. I don't know that I chalk even it KC, up to. Even KC this year was sloppy in, 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 in their games that, that were rescheduled and stuff. Even KC games have been sloppy. That game against Buffalo was sloppy in large part to the uh, slick conditions over an arrowhead. But, yeah, I, I would agree with you. These, this is definitely a curveball that's thrown at these teams. But you got to make the adjustment. I think it's more becomes a factor of rest. The Steelers had to play on Wednesday. They have to come back and play on Monday. And that that's a tough week. I'm not going to pin their loss on the uh, lack of rest or ability to recover from that game. I just don't think they're that good of a football team, and it showed up even last week against the Ravens. But going forward, teams will have to make the adjustment for the duration of the year, just in case this happens. And, and you know, the good teams will will be able to handle it. Paul Bovey, Covers.com, kicking it uh, with us. So about this football game, like I said, I've learned my lesson with with props. I'm, 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 I'm at the end of my rope here uh, with this stuff. So just looking at the game itself here, the total is 45. Like I said, all these games seem to play to the under. At least it's at a traditional time. It's at 8 o'clock. 8 o'clock tomorrow night, 8 o'clock Eastern time. So Baltimore and LA, 7.5. The problem with Dallas is you'd like to say, well, you know what, maybe they can do this, maybe they can do that. Dude, look at their offensive line, Paul. Um, you know, the, uh, the, the Martin, Zach Martin out. Uh, the Cam Irving out. They already had, like, backups in there. You know, we can criticize McCarthy for going for it and doing stupid things, and we can criticize Andy Dalton, but, dear God, their offensive line is beat up and not very good to begin with right now. Yeah, that is the problem. But on the other side, you have injuries to uh, Baltimore, specifically the secondary, and since you know I took Dallas and I took nine points yesterday, I think it's down to seven and a half, 
Jimmy Smith may not play. You got the safety Clark. I think he has 70 tackles. You got a cornerback in Williams who had five tackles last week against the Steelers. They brought him in. And then you got Calais Campbell and also a linebacker. So there are some issues defensively for Baltimore. And when these guys were out, specifically Brandon Williams uh, and Calais Campbell, New England was able to run all over them. So I'm hoping to get a few of these injuries, which I feel as though will allow Dallas to, to get some points. I'm hoping they made the adjustment or some adjustments on the offensive line. And I thought the number at nine was was definitely puffy, and it belongs right about here, six and a half, seven. I grabbed the value, and uh, you know I I got the better of it. So I'm hoping Dallas scores some points tomorrow. I could see him getting 21 to 24, which will put this over the number and give him a good chance to cover. We don't uh, we don't hear the word puffy on the show very often. I like it, Paul. I like it. Maybe <laughs> it's gonna be your new nickname, Paul Puffy uh, Bobby. <laughs> good stuff. <laughs> so. Um, you know, how about the whacked out number yesterday with the Patriots and the Chargers? The Chargers are actually favorites, but I got into it earlier in the day. And I don't know what it is. People just hate Jared Goff. All right. People are obsessed with hating on Jared Goff for some reason all the time. So we got into it with a colleague earlier in the day. Uh, but doesn't mean that I'm right in the window to be betting on the Rams here in this spot. So let's crunch some numbers and see what you jumped on already on the other side. Late night anger match bang. Flaskin. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Rage it up. Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. Rage all you want. Let me get this straight. You took all the money you made franchising your name and bid it against the Harlem Globetrotters? Uh, I thought the generals were due. He's spinning the ball on his finger. Just take it. Take the ball. That game was fixed. They were using a freaking ladder, for God's sakes. All right, we're kicking it with Paul Bowlby. Covers experts in the house. Joining us on the Magic Jack hotline <laughs> on the Monday night Monday night meltdown. I think we're going to make that into our sponsor, actually, Paul. We appreciate that. Um, <laughs> so, listen, <laughs> I, got, I, like, I like a guest that comes in spirited, though. <laughs> uh, uh, so, I got into it earlier today. I had enough of the Jared Goff bashing from somebody uh, on our network. And I told him, he said, said, oh, yeah, Jared, he said Jared Goff's like, I said top 12 cornerback. He scoffed. We don't have time to go through the list right now. But nevertheless, I think the Rams are a dangerous team moving forward still. The Saints said, you called it, dude. About, you know, you, you were on it about the Saints being the class of the NFC uh, before it was trendy to jump in on that. But this is never a good spot for the Rams. Against Arizona was a good spot. They were 6-0 and the last six times against them, making 7-0. The Rams are a great road team. But this is a football game that if they're really going to get into the mix of things, they got to string together another win. The Patriots are coming on right now, six and a half. I don't recall if they played since the Super Bowl off the top of my head. Um, I don't think they have. So, you know, this is a Super Bowl matchup rematch, so to speak, not with Tom Brady, but between McVay and Belichick. And 
Belichick destroyed him with, you know, just crushing him with zone defenses, and he really confused McVay in that Super Bowl. What's your initial reaction to the six-and-a-half-point uh, point spread? My initial reaction is I'm probably not going to be on the game. I can't, at this point, buy into the Patriots because, in my opinion, they are one-dimensional. Cam Newton, last week, in the wake of scoring 45 points, passed for all his 66 yards. Just cannot rely on their passing game. So unless their running game is clicking on all cylinders, as it did this week, uh, I believe their lead back was over 100 yards. It uh, It's probably not going to work. So I, I'd have to go with the Rams, and I, I agree with you. I think this is a big spot in terms of coaching because there's certainly a revenge factor there, and he'll be fully focused to to kind of exercise that, exercise that demon, uh, the big matzo ball that's hanging over his head right now with that Super Bowl debacle. And I was on the wrong side of that. I hate to admit it, but uh, I, I, I was, it was shocking. The whole game was shocking. But anyway, uh, I, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to take a pass on that one, but I can't buy into the Patriots. I think they've been a little fortunate. They might be a little overhyped now on the strength of that 45 nothing destruction of a very woefully underperforming, poorly coached Charger team that will probably have new leadership next year. Yeah, you know what? I think last week we spoke we spoke to a Charger insider, a big Charger fan, and, you know, it was like, yeah, he's probably got to go, but it's a tough move. It made it a lot easier with that. It made it a lot easier with that loss, didn't it? So let me just blast through some of these numbers and jump in if something uh, catches your eye here, Paul, or what you jumped in on that you want to share. So Arizona and the Giants. Giants have won four straight. Giants are getting three points on their home field in this game. Uh, Cowboys are already listed as three-and-a-half-point road favorites at Cincinnati. Carolina minus three-and-a-half against Denver. Green Bay lays seven-and-a-half at Detroit. Houston Texans minus one and a half, uh, Chicago. Kansas City Chiefs minus seven and a half at Miami. That's a fun game. Total 48 and a half there. Uh, Minnesota Vikings plus six and a half at Tampa Bay. Total 52 and a half. Tennessee lays seven and a half at Jacksonville, 53 and a half. Indianapolis Colts minus two and a half now was three at the Raiders, 51. Jets get 13 and a half at the Seahawks, 47 and a half. We have some interesting numbers to share later about that game. Uh, Falcons lay two and a half against the Chargers, total 50. Saints might have Drew Brees back, laying seven against Philadelphia, 45 and a half. And the Ravens and Browns, Monday Night Football, Ravens minus one and a half against pretty good Cleveland Brown football team right now, Paul. So what was your impression of some of these numbers? And I almost well, want to get your take on the Giant game. I stepped in on the uh, Raiders and the Colts. I, I think it's an over game. I got 50 and a half. I, I think it opened higher, went down. I, I think it was the wrong move. You know, if you look at the Raiders, as I pointed out, they gave up over 200 yards of rushing to the Jets. And these were backups. We know the Jets don't have a good football team. And uh, it, it, the Ra uh, Raiders have been giving up a lot of points. 41 to Atlanta, although uh, a number of those were uh, due to car turnovers, 35 to the Chiefs. They're just a team that gives up a lot of yards. And in terms of Indy, they have a lot of weapons. It's just a question of whether Phillip Rivers can utilize them 
to his advantage. And miraculously, they only gave up 20 points to the Texans on Sunday, even though Houston racked up, I think, 450 yards. And they held them scoreless in the second half. There were some turnovers, mistakes by Houston. It wasn't indicative of the final score in terms of offense, uh, productivity in terms of points by the Texans. And the Colts are dealing with some injuries. They have uh, Willis was out at safety. That was a big loss. They'd already lost Hooker earlier in the year. O'Kirky was out. And you, it's showing up in the defensive uh, side of the ball. They're giving up some points that they weren't giving up in the early part of the year. And I just think fair value on this game is 54. So I grabbed the 50 and a half, and it should get there. What about the Arizona and the Giants uh, game? Arizona's struggling right now. You know, Kyler Murray's been beat up. He's finally, finally caught up to him. He's smaller. He escaped major injury, you know, in the first year. He's been beat up a little bit right now. But uh, Dr. Chow thought he was getting healthier as we move forward. Listen, you know, the Rams are a load to deal with. You get, you know, Hopkins gets, to, you know, Jalen Ramsey can slow anybody down, obviously. The Giants don't have that. But, you know, the Giants have won four games in a row. Where, where do the Giants go from here after that big win? I figure if there's any coach that can keep them grounded, it is probably this nut job that is Joe Judge. Yeah, look, I'm, I'm not going to go against the Giants. And, and I would say Arizona has, has been disappointing. And it started against the Lions at home, only 20, uh, 23 points. And then they had a, a poor performance against the Seahawks. Uh, you might say 21 looks respectable, but to that point, that was uh, the least amount of points that Seattle had relinquished to any team, 17 to the Patriots. Their offense has been struggling all year. Kyla Murray has not been able to get the ball reliably to Hopkins. And you also take that Buffalo game, if not for that miracle, they would have been stuck at, what, 25 points against the Bills, and Buffalo had a number of injuries that game. I, I just don't have any faith at this point in the Arizona offense. I'd probably look to this game to be lower scoring. I'm not saying I'm going to step in that way, but if I were going uh, – in one direction, it would probably be to the low side. The 28 points that they scored against the Rams, I, I mean, that also is very misleading. 59 yards came by way of a uh, yards after catch pass to Dan Arnold. And outside of that, not yeah. much, less than 200 yards of offense. Paul Bovey covers experts uh, in the house, kick it with us. So, Paul, I'm looking at the card for the upcoming week, we just ran through it. One game that I didn't uh, post the number of, I'm surprised uh, there was numbers up for every game um, except the Buffalo Buffalo and Pittsburgh game. But it's been uh, posted uh, back up, and we're seeing, we're seeing the Pittsburgh Steelers as one-and-a-half, consensus one-and-a-half-point favorites right now on the strip in Vegas. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers minus one-and-a-half over under 47, Sunday night football. What's your initial impression of the Pittsburgh Steelers-Buffalo Bill game? Steelers coming off the loss. Bill's coming off the win. But I brought it up earlier, Paul. You get Milano back in the lineup, it really makes a difference for their defense. Trey White went healthy as one of the best defensive backs in the NFL. 
We see they make plays. They're starting to bend, you know, don't break, step up with some picks, sacks, fumbles, et cetera. Offense getting it done. What do you make of the Pittsburgh Buffalo game right now? We won't hold you, you know, hold your fire for a pick. It's still a long ways away. Sunday night football next week, but what's your take? The line's gonna flip. Pittsburgh should not be favored over Buffalo. No, no way. Buffalo should be a two-point favorite here. They're just a better football team all around. They have the better quarterback. Uh, ben Roethlisberger in his prime is better than Josh Allen, but Ben Roethlisberger is not in his prime, and it's not even close. Some of the passes he throws are just, uh, they're startling. You look at last week against the Ravens, that, that pass that he completed to James Washington was a joke. That should have been picked off. That was a very lucky completion. He doesn't get the ball downfield. He's not accurate. He's not as mobile. So I, I think Buffalo has edges all over the field. Certainly Pittsburgh doesn't run the ball. At this point, I would say the Buffalo secondary is better. Uh, Spillane went out for the Steelers tonight. He may have an injury. That would be a huge loss when you uh, lap that on to Bud Dupree. Yeah. I think Buffalo just has some injuries. Uh, I mean, Pittsburgh has some injuries, and Buffalo just has the better football team all around. Yeah, people didn't talk. I brought up the Dupree stuff uh, a couple of times, and people kind of shrugged it off. And, you know, the injuries start to add up, actually. And to me, though, you just talked about it, and I brought it up earlier. It's the Ben Roethlisberger stuff. Like, you know, he can't throw. He's not throwing these arching, deep downfield passes. So everything is sort of quick hit. Everything is short. And you notice the linebackers, the DBs, everybody's popping the Steeler wide receivers all the time. It's hard for them to catch the football. There's no separation because they know what's coming. And another thing is, since there's all this sort of just quick stuff, there's a ton of passes batted the line of scrimmage. And you saw that with Washington today. And we saw it with Baltimore uh, last week. And you, as you mentioned, they don't have a ground game. You know, Connor out, Snell and these guys at McFarland, they can't get it going. Um, you know, they, they do have issues uh, there uh, right now. So I, I agree. I think Pittsburgh, we, we have a poll who's the second best team in the, um, in the conference. Buffalo's leading right now, but we have a lot of Bills fans that follow us on Twitter. So it might be skewed, Paul. It, it might be skewed. What about the Cleveland Browns? Are you buying into this team? Um, you know, pretty impressive, dude. Nine wins right now. You got to give them credit. You got to give him credit, but understand that Baker Mayfield thrives against weak defenses. I played the over on Sunday. It was actually my biggest play. It's because Tennessee does not get to the quarterback. They have 14 sacks the entire year. They did not get to Baker Mayfield. And by the way, they did not get to Joe Burrow. They were, and coming into that game uh, against the Bengals, Joe Burrow had been sacked. 28 times in seven games, and the Titans didn't get to them once. And that's the problem with Tennessee and why they won't go uh, get to the AFC championship game. But I, I, this, is, uh, this is not a weak defense if they're at full strength. I don't know if they're going to be at full strength. Hold that thought, uh, Paul. Got a couple of more minutes with uh, the great Paul Bowlby. Covers experts in the house. Level one winding down. Rapid fire as always. Late night anger management class continues. Bring it.
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You're listening to Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. Bovey joins us on the Magic Jack Hotline as we throw it down here this evening. Monday night uh, meltdown. Um, Paul, we got a couple of minutes uh, left uh, here. Um, we appreciate you joining us uh, every Monday, especially in this uh, holiday season. Actually, this is as long as it seems like you haven't traveled a little while. I guess the COVID has you uh, staying uh, staying indoors. Any big holiday trips coming up? I might have one coming up very soon, imminently, but I'll keep you posted. By the way, <laughs> you tell that guy in the chat, I have never been to the South Point hot dog cart. I would never. You, I haven't had a hot dog in years. Let's put it that way. And I would never. I would be. I would be ashamed. I wear a, a New Orleans Saints paper bag over my head if I ever went to that hot dog cart. That's all I could tell you. I upset the wrestler Jason Bradshaw. Uh, a uh, great wrestler, uh, a tough guy type thing. And I said on uh, Twitter the other day or a couple of weeks ago that I don't eat hot dogs. I said, I, I, I had a bite of a hot dog when I was a kid once. I'm not eating that disgusting stuff. Yeah, I don't, I don't eat hot dogs. I don't mind the South Point. I've been to the South Point a few times. You know, wasn't my hangout when I lived in Vegas because I didn't live near there. But I got nothing bad to say about the South Point. <laughs> got to be careful. No, it's nice in my place. Day, I just I don't. There, yeah, I, I know. I, I've never seen you eat hot dogs either. But I'm saying, I used to tell I people did. at South Point, you got to watch out. That's where, like, Flavor Fave and, like, Suge Knight and all those. Suge Knight hung out. Like, wherever Suge <laughs> Knight is, you know, bullets are going to start flying. Keep your head up. <laughs> exactly. I don't frequent hot dog carts, but, you know, yeah, to each his own. That's all I could say. <laughs> so, uh, uh, before we get you out of here, Paul, college uh, football uh, what would you jump in here? We got about uh, we got about a minute here. Anything you can share with us? You know, I I took I'm I'm going back with the Akron Zips. They won their first game in years. I I was on them against Bowling Green. I don't think they're that bad, and I don't think Buffalo's that good. So I I took the 32, and I'm I'm looking for them to lose by 31. No, I I'm looking for them to play decent competitive <laughs> game and lose by three touchdowns or less. Oh, we didn't even get into Ohio State and Michigan, but I'll tell you as a Michigan fan, late the 28 and a half with Ohio State. Paul Bowlby, CoversExperts.com. Great stuff, Paul. Thanks for the time. Yeah, Gabe. 